Hey everybody, it is Charity Gibson and I am here with you today with another episode of the Badass Women of Promo podcast. And I'm so excited today to have somebody that I look up to and admire so much, the one and only Mary Jo Tomasini, who is the CEO of Competitive Edge, a distributor company up in the North. You're in Michigan. We're in Michigan, Southwest yeah. Corner. Southwest corner of Michigan. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I'm like, I know when we were in Chicago, you're like, it's just a short drive. I'm like, to where? <laughs> right over the lake. Right, right. Right, right here yeah. in the hand. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do it in Michigan. <laughs> so much fun. <clears throat> so I'm excited to have you on. I know some people may know you from your board service with PPAI. Um, others, you know, may or may not know you, but I just would love to get to know you more today. I know you from our interactions at different trade shows, at Women's Leadership, and then um, um, we'll get into this a little bit later, but we have a call that we're on uh, most weeks with some other fellow uh, strong women of promo. And But I want to know, like, just tell us, where were you before you came into promo? And how did you find this wacky industry that we call home? <laughs> uh, well, um, so I was actually, um, before I started in promo, I was trying to go to college and um, actually thought I'd be a nurse. So that's probably something that a lot of people know about me. Uh, so I was in college and uh, started to struggle with finances and got to a place where I needed a job. And while I was in college, I was selling Avon and selling Christmas around the world and something else. Oh, I was a lifeguard and a swimming teacher. So that's how I made a living. And uh, so it got to the place where I couldn't stay in college. And um, that was a, a sad day. And so I went to an employment agency and I said, hey, um, I need a job. You know, I'm willing to do anything. <clears throat> so they uh, said, okay, we're gonna place you um, as a proofreader at an engraving shop. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm fairly intelligent. I think I can proofread. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I started doing that and actually learned how to engrave the old pan engraving where you trace the um, the lead um, pattern. Yeah. And uh, I, I did well at that. And then I needed to um, stay there. And they a job opened up front. And all I knew was that the job up front was a lady in sales. And so uh, I'm like, I want that job. And so uh, I applied for it and it was a tough process because I was young and my boss is like, oh, you're, you know, you don't have enough maturity to do this. And so it was actually in promo, it was running a catalog, like an old fashioned catalog program back in the day when we printed catalogs. Um, long story short, he finally gave me a shot at it and I did really well and I stayed there for a long time. And then it became difficult to stay because we didn't agree with each other about how to run things. And so I left and briefly tried to do something that was not competing. And then I opened up Competitive Edge uh, in 1993, which was 27 years ago. So fun. And the 90s, I'm, I, this is obviously, we hadn't talked about, this is a plain question, but just thinking about the 90s to now, like I wasn't obviously in this industry in the 90s, but I feel like that's, to me, 
some of the coolest times in promotional products, at least from what I remember, like those were the days I remember the big can coolies coming out and the product, I feel like the product mix got really cool in the nineties. Isn't, does that drive from your experience? Yeah, I think the product mix got kind of cool. Um, well, wait a minute. I lied. Well, I started competitive edge in 93, but I started in promo in the eighties. Yeah. And so in the late 80s, you know, we started importing a lot. And back then, fax machines didn't even exist, believe it or not. And we had to use telex machines and um, to communicate with China. And so promo did start to change because you could bring things in from China. And it was so mysterious. Super different. Um, yeah. And now it's not mysterious at all. <laughs> <laughs> like now everybody's doing it. No. But yeah, I mean, you know, stuff that was made in the U.S. only came in black and white, maybe. Um, same with apparel. Sorry, I, I talk sometimes with my hands and I just shook my camera. <laughs> That's okay. I do that all the Sorry, time. <laughs> That's the Italian in me. It's like, ooh. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, it was an exciting time. Um, you know, the good news for me is I have um, this base where I remember what it was like to try and source things and and research things and now it's so much easier i mean when you get into promo now i mean the search tools and things like that if you want a purple umbrella or a purple c-handled mug you know a couple of keystrokes and you can find it well back in the day we had to like open these huge books yeah, the <laughs> <And> media files <laughs> yeah there was yeah asi used to publish these registers and we'd have them spread all over the place and we'd be, you know, hunting for the right product. That's so fun. And when I came in, obviously a little later than that, but still I think of how promo has changed even since the early 2000s. And the idea that some of the vendors that I was using up until I left the distributor side, sorry, you bumped the table and shook your camera and I have a dog squeaking a toy in the other room. You can hear that. <laughs> like, yay for working at home. Um, well, you're in your office, which is beautiful, by the way. Um, but the idea that when we were in the early 2000s, it was like, okay, a one color, one location imprint, or if you wanted to do full color, it had to be a label. And I remember it was solar advertising back then. It's now raining rose. But I found them specifically because I had a client that was doing this giant lip balm program. And they wanted a, they're like, well, we have a full color. We want to show the building on the lip balm. I'm like, it just doesn't exist. And then out of somehow I found them and it was the best thing in the world. And all of a sudden, seems like after that we were getting in and that was still a label, but it was still just the method in which they were doing it, it became this massive, like life altering moment for so many of us because it just completely changed the way we were able to do business. And I guess that would lead me to my next question. Um, what do you, oh my gosh, my dog, what do you see as the, the um, biggest changes in the industry, aside from imprint areas and all of that, but um, maybe specifically for women and opportunities in that regard, what do you think some of the biggest changes have been and um, how has that maybe impacted you or just that you're seeing in a general scope? Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes. I think that you see a lot more um, female leaders uh, in the industry. There still aren't enough. The other day, someone said to me, we were talking about the board election and they said, why wasn't there a woman on the ballot? And I said, well, there must not have been a woman that they could put on the ballot right now. And he said, sometimes women don't put themselves out there or whatever. And so, you know, that still continues to be um, a conversation. 
But I definitely think that women are far more respected. We're seeing them in leadership roles. We're seeing them lead more and more distributors. Um, when you look at the distributor, um, the people that are opening up distributorships, you're seeing a lot of women um, that are taking leadership roles. And it's mimicking or mirroring what's happening in the world with um, big business. You know, you're starting to see female um, leaders in significant roles, not just junior junior roles. Right. So, yeah, there's there's definitely been a lot of changes in the industry, and um, it's just constantly evolving for sure. But um, I definitely think that we're better than we were, but we can always continue to be better continue to be better. Well, in talking about being better, I know that there are a group of women that we can speak with consistently. I think that help us, uh, at least I feel it helps me to be better every week too. So um, obviously it's been nice to kind of have a place and for anybody listening that maybe doesn't know, there's only a few of us on this call, but, um, and everybody's invited. It wasn't like an exclusive, you know, elite group or anything like that, but just women in the industry get together um, on Monday mornings and we kind of talk through some things. Sometimes we have a topic and sometimes we don't. But um, I'm just curious. I, I've enjoyed being on this call because there are so many people like you. Obviously, I mentioned I very much look up to you. I you know, admire you as a person and just appreciate your friendship. But has having that type of group, um, especially through this last couple months, obviously, where, you know, October 15th, 2020. So in, you know, 943 years into COVID at the moment, <laughs> like how has having that group helped? And do you think it would be different, you know, obviously uh, mixed gender, you know, do you feel like it's important that we have this group and it's, you know, primarily or not primarily, it is just women and, and we open up and there, how has that helped you? Well, I think mixed gender would be interesting. Um, I don't think it would be the same because men don't really to each other the same way. So I don't know that there would be the same um, level of sharing and things like that. You know, it was, it was born out of an emergency, I believe. Um, it was a bunch of ladies that had been to WLC and uh, Renee put that group together and right when the pandemic started and started these weekly meetings. And uh, it, I think it was very, critical at that time, just to encourage each other to keep going and endure whatever we were enduring. And we were able to share with each other a um, lot of best practices kind of on the fly as we were moving through. And uh, the group has definitely been um, important to me. And, you know, I hope that I get as much out of it as I hope that I give um, to people. Um, but I just, I don't know if we had men in the group, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think it'd still be super fun, obviously, because men are cool like I that. I think it, it would just... be fun, but I don't know. You know, we, we've had a couple people lose their jobs and, you know, just those pandemic-related things. We've had people that thought they were losing their minds. And so we kind of help reel each other in and say, no, you're not losing your mind. This is like totally normal for you to feel this way. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we've been able to share best practices with each other. So uh, I'm definitely appreciate uh, the group. And, you know, 
they always say never waste a good crisis. And I would say that this is one of the blessings that's come out of this particular crisis. That was fantastic. I've never heard that before, but I'm a big fan of quotes and kind of cliche sayings because I know that they've evolved from somewhere. That's what I'm definitely going to keep in my quote bank so that I can reuse that for sure. I, that's honestly, I think that this- Well, it's not my quote. Oh, I no. Really, please Google it. Someone else that's <laughs> far smarter than me. Probably attributed to like Ben Franklin or- <laughs> Jackson or my daughter who's not even quotable yet it's so funny when you google it it's so you know when you're in a crisis it just stinks and this whole thing has been stinky yeah and so you do have to kind of look and say okay what are the blessings what are the good things what what has changed in my life that's better and um yeah so don't waste a good crisis I that's a I mean it it's a fantastic quote I think that's one of the it's so difficult because it's not a good situation. I mean, like we said, people have been losing their jobs. There has been illness. There has, there's just been so much catastrophe and um, in, in uncertainty at the same time. And I'm looking at this year and obviously like there have been some tumultuous things that have happened in the last eight months of my life as well. But I look at the fact that, you know, my daughter not being in school in in class has been so cool because I've been able to you know connect with her and now we can go do things during the day or she sees what I do during the day too which has been you know eye-opening I think for her I don't just like eat bonbons and watch movies while she's at school all day although sometimes I wish I could do that you know and so I have seen so many positive things and the other day it was funny because I was looking at my calendar I had a calendar reminder pop up on my phone and it was a, a show that I was supposed to be at and the dates were on there and my plane tickets came back up because I had never taken those out of the counter. I was like, how weird is it that here I am? And this has happened to be one of the days I was recording the <laughs> keynote in my car in Newport Beach. But um, it was later that day and I was sitting uh, on the little patio in this little sandy space that we had at, at the bay at Newport Beach. And I thought, how different is it that I'm not as much as I would love to be, you know, at a bar having a cocktail with all of my industry friends and family, instead I'm on a beach with my daughter and, you know, we are uh, walking the dog and I'm just sitting here, you know, working with my computer, mm -hmm. you know, on a picnic table kind of a thing. And it, it's just so funny to me that we would have never guessed that these are the places that we would be in this many months right. later. But I also see things like this call, like having the opportunity to get to know you and Renee and everybody else on that call has been something I wouldn't ever want to give up. So uh, I know I've for sure appreciated it. And again, your wisdom too, it's just been super cool. So I'm glad you're, you know, experiencing the same thing and it's fun. I know you've been on, I think almost every call, which is pretty fun. I try, but there are days that it's tough. It depends on how my afternoon is going, you know. Yeah, I know Monday is a, a tough day, um, but um, it's it's fun that we all have committed to, you know, at least every once in a while popping in for sure. Um, yeah. Talking about, okay, so the industry, obviously, there's specific challenges, and we're talking about these things on the calls, and you've talked about how the industry has changed from when you got into it to, you know, now, and what do you think about moving forward? Obviously, not even past COVID, but just in general in the next, you know, one year, five years, um, what opportunities do you see, um, I would say for professionals in general, but women specifically, um, on both sides of the fence, distributor, supplier, where do you see these opportunities for women and what would you give as a call to action for, you know, um, 
you know, just women in the industry specifically? <clears throat> That's a big question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm like, we have like an extra half an hour. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I know that we're never going to be the same again. And so what we need to strive for is to be greater than we ever were. I mean, that's obviously what we're striving for, you know, myself personally and um, the people I work with. And so um, I think it kind of goes back to don't waste a good crisis. Um, you know, what are you going to do to be better than you were yesterday? Um, and that definitely is not a gender specific thing, but I think we have definitely, when you, look at how fast human beings evolved during this crisis. It's like, holy smoke. If this hadn't happened, people wouldn't know how to Zoom. I mean, you know, we were Zooming back before the crisis, but not like we are now. And now everybody does it. I mean, yeah. you know, we were like the cool kids back then. Um, so uh, it's interesting how fast people adapted. And so if we were able to do that in, you know, let's call this heading towards nine months, um, what other really cool, innovative things could we be doing in the next one to five years? Um, so I'm real excited for those, um, that possibility and seeing what people do with that. I definitely think that we're going to be better human beings uh, for sure and just, you know, see different possibilities. I'm still struggling with the balance of you know, working remotely, working in an office, the synergy of a team. And I don't really know how that'll all play out. Um, yesterday, our governor asked us to send everybody back home again if we thought that they could do their jobs at home. And I don't want to, yeah. because we, we're, we're not as, the synergy isn't there um, when everybody's back at home. Uh, it was kind of, you know, something that we did and we got through, but there is something to be said for being in person, talking to each other versus, you know, being on a video call. Yeah. And then there's a huge difference between productivity and synergy, like you're saying, like we can get things done and we can get yeah. things done well at home, but it's kind of like the in-person trade show. It's not necessary, right. but we do it because we like it because we want right. to, you know, maybe it is a little bit inefficient and not as cost effective, but right. nothing beats those, you know, memories of talking in the elevators and, you know, having conversations after breakfast. And, you know, did you see what Charity sang at karaoke last night after LDW, which we're going through right now? And um, so, no, I completely agree. And that it, it's difficult, but I love that you are you know, choosing to see, I know it's not always sunshine and bubbles, but you are able to see, you know, the positivity and the opportunities and you have that desire to just keep your team strong and, and move things forward. Um, and I'm cautiously optimistic. I think the same thing like that eventually we'll be able to get back to something and know it won't be like it was, but I love that you said the idea that you know, to be greater than we ever were. And what a cool call to action for all of us. The idea that even if we're only 1% better each day, that's, you know, 365 days, we're 365% better than we were yesterday. So striving for just a little bit more, you know, asking ourselves to just go that one extra step further. Because I think there was like a, a modicum of complacency in a sense that we were kind of getting into not as 
you know, but, but just the fact that we were able to innovate so much in this, you know, eight, nine months, they said technology, just technology on its own, the advancements that were seen in technology were nine years worth of improvements in a three month span when this first exploded. And it is, that's such an interesting concept to me that we're capable of it, but we don't always do what we're capable of, which I guess is a good thing. We can chill out sometimes and we can relax. We don't always have to be pushing the envelope and, you know, pushing the, the cart faster, but to know that it's possible and what we're capable of, if we just, you know, have the right driver, it def- right. definitely says something. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's a really cool. Well, if we've moved nine years, you know, before the pandemic, we were saying technology is never going to move faster than it's never going to move slower than it moves today. So, um, you know, so if we did that, what, what does that mean? You know, how, how much more exponentially are we going to see the increase in, um, yeah. And so that means there's exciting things ahead as far as, you know, what we're going to be able to do for sure. Yeah. And it is interesting too, the thought that I'm in your boat, I was using zoom, I was doing these virtual meetings, you know, that was my job, you know, been here at Peerless for three and a half years, and that was it, set up these webinars and do these calls and connect digitally and, you know, come up with email campaigns and be strong on social media. And I've said this a number of times, I think even on the calls, I'm like, I feel like everybody's in my sandbox all of a sudden. So before I was like the shiny new toy, I'm like, yay, everybody can see me. (laughs) Now it's like work five times as hard to be you know, have like a fifth of the exposure because there's just so much noise out there now. So in a sense, it's um, it's a great thing, you know, for someone like me, I'm glad people have caught up, but then it's also frustrating too, because it's like, okay, well now where's the puck going and where right. am I going to skate to next? Because I don't even know how else to communicate. I'm like, until Elon gets like Neuralink set up and we can communicate telekinetically or telepathically, <laughs> you know, like, how are we going to do this now? How do we stand out moving forward? And so... I'm, yeah. I'm both frustrated with and thankful for the change, you know, and, and for that, that forward movement too. So at least we're in it together. <laughs> that is <true>. <laughs> right? <laughs> we hear and it one more time. Yeah. I, you know, it does sound really cliche, but it, it has been a comfort to me only because it's like, it's not just me and my location or me in my country it's everybody, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking to somebody in India or wherever they are. And I don't know, I can't think of a time ever in my adult life that something impacted everybody. At the same time. Normally it only impacts people on the East Coast or only on the West Coast or only in, you know, this state. So um, there is a little bit of comfort in that, although I think we all like this joyride to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, it'd be different if we're at the bar together or at an amusement park together. Like, let's hope for that next year. Uh, Good times. Well, I know you're very busy and I won't keep you, um, but I've definitely appreciated the conversation and look forward to just uh, continuing this and getting to know you even more. Uh, Before we close things up, though, I do have one more question for you. And I do ask everybody this. So some people get really stuck and some people just know right away. But if you could name one person in the industry or number of people in the industry as a badass Muna promo, who would you pick and why? Well, you know, there's a boatload of badass. (laughs) I do. We're all badasses. And that's that's what makes it the most difficult. Um, You know, I hate to, I hate to just, you know, 
call out one person, but one of my favorite badasses is Joanne Lance. Um, I just really admire her. Uh, recently, someone asked me to go through the archives and find articles that I had been in, and uh, I found covering uh, TPB in like the early 90s or something. And I was on that with her and a couple other people. And I thought, man, look how far you've come, girl. And, um, you know, she's just an amazing um, visionary leader and very inspirational. But I hate to call that out because I know that there's uh, many other people that are worthy of that um, title of badass as well. Absolutely. We're all badass in our own, um, our own special way. You called it. We all absolutely are. Um, but I absolutely, you know, would agree to you that Joanne is is a badass in her own right as well. And like you said, look how far you've come. And the thing I love, love, love about her and admire about her so much is, like so many others that we know, and most women in the industry that I've met actually is is not how far she's come on her own, but that she lifts as she climbs and she really embodies that, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of altruistic leader that she can just, you know, climb and get things done, but she brings her tribe with her as she goes. And that's just so encouraging. Most of the, or all, I think of the most successful people that I've met in this industry, male, female, or otherwise, um, have been that's their common trait I just see is like they don't climb and like leave everybody and they're like well whatever you peons you're beneath me you know whatever it's always this tribe mentality right this community and that's I think that's my favorite part I just I love that it doesn't matter your age or your tenure or anything we it's so collaborative and so community driven and so I love that you called her out because I think she's just one of those people that fosters that so yeah she's she's on my list of favorite badasses that's awesome. She's on my list too. And <laughs> so are you, obviously you're here today. So thank you so much for just taking the time and for being here. I know it's stressful and we have a lot going on. So to carve out this time of your day, I just really appreciate you. And um, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Glad to do it. Thank you so much, Charity. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much, you too. And everybody out there listening and watching, just thank you so much for your support of the Badass Women of Promo podcast. I appreciate you being here and just want to give a shout out to our sponsors. We've still got All Made, which is some fantastic recycled t-shirts and also the fine folks at Common Skew. So definitely check them out, allmade.com and commonskew.com. And if you want to nominate a Badass Women of Promo or just see anything else that we've got going on on the website, just head over to badasswomenofpromo.com and check it out. I think that's it for now. And hopefully we will see you again sometime soon. Have a great day, everyone.